Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and back with me today... For our final picks episode of the 2021 college football season, after what, like a, a two week absence? Is that right? It's been like two weeks. I, I don't really know. I think, I mean, the December 13th, 14th, I think it was the last time you were on. But I have my coach, Charlie, here with me today to help me with all of these picks. So it's uh, it's been a minute, Charlie. How was, how was Christmas? It was all right. I don't really have uh, a big family. I don't have my own kids, so I feel like Chris. Once you get older, if there aren't little kids involved, it's not quite as fun. You're not a Christmas person. I mean, yeah, I like Christmas, but I prefer other holidays. Like what? You like Fourth of July. Fourth of July. You are kind of a lake person, aren't you? Yeah. We've talked about that many times, so I guess that makes sense. Not a lake guy. Fourth of July doesn't do much for me. I like Christmas. Christmas spirit. You know, everyone's happy. It's it's a fun time of year. Do you have to travel a lot? For Christmas? Yeah. Do you travel like, to see family? Just locally. Not too far. All right. Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad it was at least, it sounds like it was fine. Can we say that? Yeah. Which I is, refuse. Is anything more than fine for you ever? I'm a horrible person and I refuse you to stay not. at anyone's home. You are not a horrible person. I like to stay in my You're own just home. You're just your own person. You just are so like, very oh, Charlie. I need to go home. It's getting dark. I can't drive in the dark. You do pull that all the time. Like, oh, I can't see at night, so I have to leave. I can't see at night, but I also like to sleep in my own bed, so I just use it to my So you, you literally never drive at night? Mm, I mean, I drive in the morning to work. So you can dark. see when it's dark, you just lie to people. That's what you're saying. I can't see as well as I can during the day. It's okay. It's family. A little white lie never hurts anybody as long as everyone stays happy and stays ignorant of what your true intentions are. It's okay. Hopefully they aren't listening. I'm sure they're not. No they're one listens to the show. Not. I mean, what, we have five people listening to the show anyway. But all right, well, I'm glad you had a good Christmas. And, and Charlie, I, I had one thing I have to ask you. I've been saving this one mailbag question specifically for you. Because I know just how much you love to review the cities and the campuses that we play in each week during the fall. So Sam, who runs the All CFB and Georgia CFB accounts on Instagram, does a great job of those. If you guys aren't following those accounts, make sure you do that. He sent in a mailback question, like I guess like a couple weeks ago. And I know it's been a couple weeks since you've been on, so I've been holding this one. And he asked, are you excited to go to Miami for the Orange Bowl? And as soon as I saw this question, I immediately thought of you. 
I just I thought this was the perfect question for you. So I've saved it for you. So Charlie, are you excited to go to Miami? No. That simple. No. See, most people would say, Miami, it's awesome, it's exotic, it's warm weather, we're pumped to go. Charlie, however, definitively says no. Does it seem like I would like Miami? Well, you're just such a bubbling personality. It seems like it'd be like the hotspot for you. Exactly. So I have no desire to go to Miami. I think that the game would, you know, is, yeah, that would be fun. Anything else surrounding it? Absolutely not. And Charlie, I think our listeners have over the past year or so, maybe three years that you've been on here helping us out, I don't remember how long it's been, at least a couple of seasons. I think they've probably gotten to know you a little bit and can kind of like sense out your vibe. But is it safe to say that you are not a New Year's person? I hate New Year's. It's the worst holiday. It shouldn't even be a holiday. Why not? It shouldn't even have a people, name. See, people love New Year's, Charlie, not you. Because for most people, like the idea of New Year's Eve on South Beach in Miami, college playoff game, that is like a dream nothing, come true. Nothing good happens that late. That's true. I know I was actually, we were, well, we were in New Orleans two years ago, and we met up with you for a little while that night. And at about like 9 o'clock, you were already like done. You're like just sitting there. Like you look like you were about to die. Like, you know, kind of oh. like Dan Lane looked at his, his interview yesterday. It looked like you were just like, can I just go home now? Everyone's having a great time. We're like, Charlie, what's up? And you're like, oh, I, I'm good. No problem. We'll just say this. I prefer a sunrise to a sunset. Yeah, and that's awesome. I'm, I Actually, I'm kind of jealous that I wish I could appreciate being up that early. I'm, I'm not like a late sleeper, but I'm not like a super big morning person. I know that you are. I mean, like getting up at 8 o'clock for me, I think, is, is, is like an ideal time for you. It's what, like 4 5.30. Yeah, so the idea of staying up to midnight is... <laughs> I imagine that's to like throw your entire week off. Yeah. If not longer that's than that. That's why I hate it. Yeah. It's a stupid holiday. All right, fair Shouldn't enough. Shouldn't be a holiday. And I know, speaking of Miami, you're also... Because you, you've mentioned this to me. You're not very excited about like the logistical challenges of getting to nightmare. the Orange Bowl. It's a nightmare. I mean, there is literally nothing around there. It's just parking lots as far as the eye can see. There's no sports bar. There's nowhere to watch a game. So I guess if you want, to, if, if you're into like the outdoor tailgate thing and you do that like regularly, that's fine. I don't really do that. And Charlie, I know that you don't. So I will say I, I'm with you on that front. I'm not excited about the actual game day outside of the game itself because I'm trying to watch some of these other games, obviously the Cotton Bowl. And I don't, even now, don't exactly know how I'm going to do that. Maybe on my phone, maybe on a tablet. I don't know. Set up a hotspot, do something out there. Maybe find some nice people who've got a really good tailgate set up and are really good at that kind of thing. And maybe they'll have mercy on me and let me sit and watch with them. And I'll just feel really awkward and strange sitting there in the corner because that's kind of who I am. Just a weird, strange person. Very introverted dude. And I don't like to talk to strangers because that's just uh, weird for me. So yeah, that I agree with you. That sucks. But Charlie, it could be worse. It could be Pasadena again. But at least you can take the train there. But there's literally nothing in Pasadena. And then it's like a mile and a half walk to the stadium from the, I, I, from the train station. Sucks. Why couldn't we have played in, why couldn't the bowl game be in Tampa? The Outback Bowl would be so much better. Yeah, I think, I wish, I and mean, it's, it's never going to happen because they have these traditional bowls in these locations, <laughs> but I wish they would like do more of like a reassessment of where these games are played in the best location. So there's so many better towns that are far more walkable and more convenient and just not logistically difficult to deal with. But it's never going to happen. We're stuck with the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl and the Rose Bowl. New Orleans is fantastic. Sugar Bowl is a great spot. And the Fiesta Bowl out there, they have a nice little stuff, an entertainment center and an area. 
But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you there, Charlie. But you still have to drive to the Fiesta Bowl. Like, they have stuff around it, but you have to... No, they have hotels all around it. Oh, do they? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I mean, they really... They used to not, but they've really enhanced that area over the past couple of years. So it's it's easier than, like, going to Miami. So I get what you're saying here, Charlie. I'm excited for the game, but I, I will... I guess I kind of agree with you. I'm not, like, super excited for everything else around the game, which sucks because... Well, this and is... it's the night game. Ugh. Oh, I do. I, I honestly wish it was the It's good the for the players because it'll be a little cooler with the sundown, but at the same time... I don't like to be up late. I'd just rather this game be in Dallas, to be honest with you. I would just rather this game be like in Atlanta. I mean, as much as, but you hate Atlanta too. Yeah, but I don't have but to But it's spend convenient the night there. and it's walkable. And there's yeah. at least something around. Like, there's not a ton around there, but you can go to the Hooters or Stats or something. I don't have to spend thousands something. of dollars going somewhere I don't want to go. And that's the other thing is like, you're spending all this money and it's like, do I even really want to be here outside the game? And the answer is, the answer no, is not no. really. Not really. No, I do not. But here we are. Like, everyone's like, Everyone listening is like, what are you guys talking about? I, I, I'm going. I'm pumped to go. Or I wish I could go. And it's okay. Here you, you guys call me are. a Debbie Downer. I'm okay with it. No, Charlie. I, I just mean, know what not. I like and I know what I dislike. You, a Debbie Downer? Never. No one's ever put those two words together in conjunction with I just know what you. I like and what I don't like. That's very true. That's very true. Um, all right, Charlie. I do want to say one more thing before we move on. Uh, it's the end of the year. I think this is the, I'm sure. I think this is the last episode you're going to be on before the new year. So I just want to say here in front of everybody how much I appreciate you. Wait, is there going to be another show before the new year? No, No. you're right. You're right. You're You're right. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Here I am trying to be nice to you and you're just calling me out. I do want to just tell you, Charlie, in front of everybody here on the show, how much I appreciate you helping us out. I know with with Curtis going to law school, it kind of puts uh, a strain on what we were able to do. Obviously, Curtis used to do every show with me. For those those of you who've been listening for a long time, you know that. But Charlie, you've done a fantastic job jumping in and kind of filling those gaps and uh, the show. And I think now like the show wouldn't be the same without you. I mean, I don't know. I, I think the listeners feel that way. You are the star of the podcast. I know I feel that way. So I just want to say here as we hit the new year, thank you very much for, for joining us these I guess, last couple of years and uh, hopefully more in the future. Maybe. I guess we we'll got to work that out. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But thank you for having me, I guess. Are you just trying to look really nice? No, I just, I, I appreciate it. I know I give you a hard time on the show, all in good fun, because I'm trying to make the show entertaining, and we've known each other for a long time, so it's easy to do that, but I do appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Are you going to explain how the picks are going to work today? I am going to do that. Um, so this is the final picks episode of the season. Uh, you enter the bowl season five games down, five games behind me, but still within striking distance, because obviously there's a lot of bowl games here. Uh, coming into bowl season, you were 62-54 and 54 against the spread trade-up. I was 67-49 and 49 against the spread. Against the spread trade-up. You were, let me say that again. You were 62-54 and 54 against the spread. I was 67-49. and 49. Uh, We were both 1-1 one one in the first part of our bowl picks with plenty more to go. We both we both had Army minus three and a half, and they won, but they won by one point two or two points. Two, I think they won by two points over Missouri. So we lost that one against the spread. We both had UCF. You had them plus three. I want to say I had them outright as an upset special. We both hit that one. And uh, Auburn is playing right now. I don't know how that game's going. Cause I'm gonna be watching it after this. So that's kind of where we are right now. We'll see the rest of those play out. And uh, so with. Many bowl games still left to be played. Hopefully left to be played because things are going to cancel left and right. What we decided to do today was focus more on the big bowls. So we're going to do the New Year's Six games like we normally do, like a full setup. Charlie's got her reads that she's put together and have a full discussion on those games. And Even then, though they aren't all on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Yeah, with some on the 30th, the 31st, yeah. some on the 1st. They're kind of scattered about. If, disclaimer, if they're all played. Yeah, just, just fingers crossed. 
Hopefully not. But the new CDC recommendation, the guidelines, hopefully that helps. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, early evening. 2.36 p.m. I'm very upset that the Barstool Bowl got canceled. I was really looking forward to that. I was really interested to see how that broadcast was going to go. I I thought it would be a cool, fun way to kind of watch a football game. So, yeah, I'm kind of annoyed. I wanted to see Big Cat jump out of an airplane. That would have been really fun. And I also wanted to see him sing the national anthem. It would have been awesome. Do you ever watch the Rough and Rowdies they do? Yeah. Fantastic. He's the voice of generation. No doubt about it. And some of the people out there listening have no idea what we're even talking about. But what we're doing today is we're going to go through those New Year's Six games. And then we're just going to give you our best picks from the rest of the bowl slate. And again, as we did for part one of our bowl picks, the one big change we are making during the bowl season is that we are also giving ourselves the option to pick the point total. During the season, we were just picking against the spread, but the total is in play during the bowl season. It's kind of like a trial run to see if this is something that we want to implement permanently next season. I think we're probably in that way, but we kind of want to see how it goes here during the bowl season. So we have the option to pick against the spread like we have all season or also the over under that point total. So Charlie... I'm going to hand things over to you. We're doing the New Year's Six first. Which game is up first? All right. The first game could get interesting with 11-2 Pittsburgh ranked number 12 playing the number team 10. <laughs> this is off to a great start. Uh, matched up with the number 10, 10 team in the nation, which is 10-2 Michigan State in the Peach Bowl on Thursday at 7 o'clock. Now, this game might not actually happen. Which you can say for every game. Exactly. But hopefully we get a full slate this week as of right now. The only thing still canceled is the Arizona Bowl. Arizona Bowl because Central Michigan was in the Arizona Bowl. Now they're in the Sun Bowl against Washington State. So that game is on, although it's not the original matchup. Okay. So we know Kenneth Walker has opted out, which will really hurt the Spartans. Do we know of any other players that have opted out? Pittsburgh or Michigan State? Can you pick it? I forgot about that. Yeah, starting quarterback. Oh, okay, <laughs> Missed that one. Totally changes my pick. Missed that one. <laughs> yeah. Like the star player for each offense is opted out, and this is like that makes it like but oh how, okay. Okay, but what about Pittsburgh's backup? Uh, Nick Patty is his name, who has like I think under 200 yards passing his career, something like that. He's been he's been in the he's been in the program for a while, but Kenny Pickett's been like a four year starter. But when did Kenny Pickett opt out? Did he opt out before they started bowl practice? Yes, yeah, so like right at the so beginning. So he's had so he's practices. had he's had he's had some time to get ready. Okay. He's been in the program for a while. It's just very hard to keep track out. Offensive coordinator this. Mark Whipple is also not coaching for Pitt. He's took a job elsewhere. I think he, he okay. took a job in Nebraska as the new OC. Well, this totally changes my pick. Charlie, where's the research? It's, it's, oh, it's a, there's a lot of moving parts in bowl season. It's a, there's a lot of moving parts. Keep track of all of this. Uh, the Spartans are favored by two and a half in this one, and the over/under is set at fifty-six. Hmm, um, where are you going? Uh, I'm gonna take. This is a tough one. I'm gonna take Michigan State to cover. Cover the two and a half. Cover the two and a half to win and cover the two and a half. All right. And I think I'll take the over. Oh, you're going to a two for one special. Well, I mean, well, no, I'm gonna take the under. I've just totally changed my mind. Well, I think the under is the right play here when both teams are missing their number one offensive piece. See, I forgot, didn't remember. It's okay. That. Kenny Pickett opted out. It's Why okay. did he opt out? Because this he's going to be a top of... 10 right. draft pick, probably. But, mm, nah, mm. He's no Matt Corral. This is a he's whole... no Matt Corral who's sticking it out with this team. Let's exactly. be honest. This is a whole other conversation. Yeah, so I know. I'm, we're not, yeah, not going to get into the opt out. I'm picking MSU to cover. 
You know what, the, you know what bowls need to do? Under. They need to get in the NIL game and start paying these players to play in their games. I swear to God, that's what we need to start doing. If you want the games to be played, that's what you guys start doing. So I don't know how. Another... Like, they give them these gift bags. Give them straight up cash. That's what they want. Just give them cash. Um, anyway, uh, this is a tough one, Charlie. So, you okay, you're taking Michigan State to cover and you're taking the under? Yeah. So, you're taking two picks here. A two-for-one special. All right. This is a strange one. As you said there, Charlie, both teams without their best player, the best offensive player, they're both really important to what these teams do. Clearly, we know Kenny Pickett was a Heisman finalist. I think Kenneth Walker had a strong argument to be a Heisman finalist. But I think Kenneth Walker is more central to what Michigan State does and more central to their identity offensively. And let's not forget the Michigan State offense or their defense is one of the worst pass defenses in the country. And yes, I know that Kenny Pickett is not playing this game. And that certainly is clearly a factor. But they still have some good players in this football team. Jordan Addison, their top receiver, won the Blitnikoff Trophy for the top receiver in the country, guys. He's still playing this game. Tasir Mack, a good complimentary player. Lucas Kroll, a good tight end. Those guys are still playing. They still have playmakers out wide. We don't know what Nick Patty's going to do. I have no clue. He's been a career backup at Pitt. But again, Michigan State's pass defense is horrific, has been all season long. And there are still some playmakers at the skill positions for this Pitt team. I really like the under here, Charlie. I'm going to stay away from the spread, from, from taking a side here. Is I just, with, with, with Kenny Pickett out, with Walker out, I don't know, man. Like, even Vegas is like, oh, it's two and a half. I don't, I don't really know. I'm with you on the under, so I, I like that with both play, both teams missing their top offensive player. I like the under 56 here in the Peach Bowl. Give me that. Under? Under 56 in the Peach Bowl. All right, well, let's go across the country to Arizona for our next bowl as Oklahoma State and Notre Dame are matched up in the Fiesta Bowl. I might not mind going to the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, I would love to go to the Fiesta Bowl. It'd be warm. I've been around that area. I just haven't been to the actual game. Have you been to Arizona? Yeah. Okay. Great place. All right. Love Arizona. Well, like us, the Cowboys lost in their conference title game, but unlike us, that loss knocked them out of a likely playoff spot. Notre Dame has had an interesting last month or so with Brian Kelly. See, I've forgotten all of these things. I you hear... wrote this, Charlie! I know, but then it's like, oh, yeah, I wrote it a while ago. Brian Kelly left for LSU, and defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman has been elevated to head coach. Look forward to seeing him on the sidelines. Oh, and what do you mean by that, Charlie? Mm, he is very attractive. Hmm. So is that gonna is that basically what your pick's going to be based off of? No. I just hope that he uh-huh. gets a lot of camera time. Okay, fair enough. I'm a big believer in the motivation being a decisive factor in bowl games, and you have to feel like that favors Notre Dame in this game. The Irish are favored by two and a half. Uh, point totals at 45 and a half. That's really low. I know. Um, especially with Oklahoma State not being motivated as much, probably. Defense might give up a lot of points. I and mean, their defense has been really good all year, but you're right. Like, you know, in a game, in a thing like this, it's just hard to know how they respond. I don't know. I'm just going to take Notre Dame to cover. This is one of those weird bowl games. It really is. Um, but honestly, Charlie, I'm going to be real with you. I love Notre Dame in this game. And it goes back to what you said. You mentioned that motivation, that is a decisive factor for you. I totally agree. You're spot on there. And Oklahoma... In this spot, the team that's in Oklahoma's spot in this game, losing their conference championship game, missing out on the college playoff spot. Charlie, we've been in that situation, right? We lost conference championship game 2018, playing the Sugar Bowl. What a consolation, right? And we get beat by Texas, right? In a game that we shouldn't have lost. We were much better than Texas that year, but we lost that game because of the situation. And Oklahoma State finds himself in that exact same situation. We've seen it personally with Georgia, teams coming out flat in that scenario. And look, Oklahoma State's honestly like they're not even. Look, they're. 
I think, in a tougher spot than we are because this is not like a premier program in the country. They're not in the position to potentially make the college playoff very often. So when they kind of drop the ball there and miss out so close, again, so close, just miss out, it hits harder for them. I think it's a really tough blow for them to handle. And now Oklahoma State, like this, is, this is what makes it kind of tough. I, I do like Notre Dame. But Oklahoma State has been the better team all year long, even if they are one-dimensional offense. But at the end of the day, on top of the motivation edge, I think Notre Dame is starting to play really good football the back half of the season. I think they have more playmakers on offense. I think they have more ways to score, more ways to win this game, more avenues to success in this game. So give me Notre Dame minus two and a half. I think Notre Dame might win this game by a couple of scores. All right, we're going to stay out west, go even farther west to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, which features the Utah Utes of the Pac-12 versus Ohio State Buckeyes from the Big Ten. This is another game with two teams entering the game in different head spaces. Utah is making their very first appearance in the Rose Bowl, while most of Ohio State's best players are opting out, including wide receiver Chris Olave um, and Garrett Wilson and de- defensive lineman Haskell Garrett. I feel like his first and last name should be reversed. Garrett Wilson, Hassel Garrett. It's tough. You know, it's easy to get those yeah. guys confused. All right. Um, Ohio State opened as more than a touchdown favorite, but when the news of the opt-out hit earlier this week, the line has dropped all the way down to five with the point total at 64 and a half. Um, I think I'm going to play the motivation card again. Again? I think I will. I like it, Charlie. It's a principal play in the bowls. It really I'm is. I'm going to go with Utah to cover. Utah to cover I the I feel five. like 64 is like... I mean, lot. it's totally possible because it's a lot of points. I mean, Ohio State scores a lot, a lot but they, they're out. I mean, they still have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who really was their best receiver the back half of the season. But when you're without Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, now with more attention on in Jigba, does that mean he's going to be maybe less effective? I don't know. This is interesting. Like, I was all ready to go big on Ohio State before the opt outs hit. Now, definitely not so much. And it was it was a tough matchup for Ohio State to begin with. I showed they were more talented because when you look at this matchup, there's a lot of similarities between Utah and Michigan. Utah has a very similar formula to beat Ohio State that Michigan had to beat Ohio State. Tavion Thomas is a lot like uh, Haskins for Michigan. He's a big, strong, physical power back. He is a bad dude. And that's the kind of back that Utah just continually produces. Cam Rising's a mobile quarterback for Utah. He's kind of, he's kind of a game manager, but he does have the ability to make plays. He's a mobile guy, can extend the plays as well. Um, they have a couple of really good tight ends uh, led by Brent Keithy, who's been around for a while. And Ohio State really struggles to stop the run on defense, as we saw in the uh, in the finale, the regular season finale against Michigan. And Charlie, I'm going to go back to the well here. I'm with you. I'm going to steal your motivation angle. Ohio State is definitely, unquestionably, the more talented team, even with the opt-outs. But Utah wants it more, and that matters in bowl games. It's their first Rose Bowl in program history. And I, again, I would say, yeah, Ohio State's the more talented team, but that talent edge is, is mitigated by the opt-outs. And again, this is a good matchup for Utah. It really is. So I'm going to take Utah to cover the five, but Charlie, I'm going to do you one better. Give me Utah to win outright upset special. Okay. I just like the matchup. I like the matchup here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right. Well, next up, let's go to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, where I feel like every playoff game should be played. Just 100% agree. I, won th- I don't know how they could do that logistically, but I totally agree. It's the perfect spot for any kind of big, uh, really any event, especially a big football game. All right. Well, Ole Miss is taking on Baylor in the Big Easy. Tyler, I know you're a Matt Corral fan. Um, and I have to give him credit. He's probably a first-round draft pick, but he's one of the rare players in his position to actually stick it out and play the actual bowl game while all these other players have opted out. And I, I will say, Matt Corral, you know, three or four years ago, if you would have told me that dude would have been one of the players to stick it out for his team when he's going to be a first-round draft pick and not skip the bowl game, I would have said you're crazy. Because when he came into college, that dude was a straight punk. Like, he was picking fights in the field. He was just, he was a trash talker extraordinaire. That guy has grown up and matured in a crazy way. And I have become a massive fan of his, as I've been saying all year long. Which, again, if you would have told me that three or four years ago, I would have said absolutely not. I did not like him at all. But I have certainly changed my tune on him. And I think it's very impressive that he is sticking out for his team here in this game. Well, and with Matt Corral playing, that should tell you how Ole Miss feels about this game and how important it is to them. Baylor did win the Big 12, but. It's not very impressive considering Big 12 is just basically a glorified group of five. I mean, that's what's become, especially when Texas and Oklahoma leave is what they'll be. Uh, Vegas basically has this as a pick with Ole Miss favored by one and a half, and the over-under is set only at 55. So I'm going with Ole Miss to win and cover, and also I'm taking the over. Don't you feel that that under is really low? I mean, we'll see. I mean, I know there was a course correction of, you know, throughout the year. Like, at the beginning of the year, Ole Miss, the, their point totals are really high, and then they stopped scoring as much with all the injuries. And I think there's been too much like a, a course correction there because now Ole Miss is healthy. And I don't think Vegas is reflecting that they're finally healthy on offense, or at least as healthy as they've been since the early portion of the season. I think that point total is really, really low. And this is another game I love Ole Miss in this game. Baylor is one-dimensional. Yes, Gary Bohannon's coming back for them. Although, I, I mean, I really think Shapin might be the better quarterback. He certainly gives us more in the passing game. And sure, you know, Bohannon's a guy that can run the football, but he is just so average as a passer. I think they're a one-dimensional offense. And look, Ole Miss is not good on defense. We know that. But they're much better than what they were last year. And if a team's one-dimensional, Ole Miss has shown they can be okay on defense. And I think that's what Baylor is. Baylor just doesn't score very well. Again, the Ole Miss offense is as healthy as they have been for in a while. And Matt Corral in this game is the difference maker. He is absolutely the difference maker. Baylor's not have a player that can match what he gives them. And I know this typically doesn't matter in bowl games because they're not that well attended. But Charlie, I have a feeling that's not going to be the case here. Ole Miss fans are pumped up for this game. I think they're going to have an edge in the crowd as well. This is a two-for-one special for me, Charlie. I know you did one earlier. Give me Ole Miss to win and cover the one and a half. Lock that up. Lock that up. 
and also give me the over 55. I think that's way, way too low right now. Do I now. still have to pick a lock for this? Charlie, you can do whatever you want. You're the star of the podcast. Okay. I just forgot about that. Whatever you want. Obviously. It would only be right if I forgot. I think I think it's fitting that we just that you just don't do it. Okay. Well, before we get to the two playoff games, we're just going to open it up for any plays we have on non-New Year's Six games, even though they're not on New Year's, so it's kind of annoying. That like they some all are on New Year's, but they're not the big New, New Year's, Year's games. Yeah. Um, I have two plays. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. I just spit accidentally all over my computer. Sorry. All good. It's your computer. I guess the listeners didn't need to know that. Sorry. Yeah, that's great. Can you, can you edit that out? I, let's leave it in, Charlie. Okay. Last show of, this, of, right. this, of the year. Duke's Mayo Bowl has North Carolina and South Carolina playing in Charlotte, right? That South is in Charlotte. Charlotte. The Queen uh, UNC is favored by nine and a half. But I just feel like South Carolina is going to be more motivated to play. I agree. Um, Sam Howell is kind of... It's a weird situation. Now, Sam Howell has not said he's going pro right now, but he's going to be playing in this game. Does that change anything for you? No. I think South Carolina is more motivated because I don't think any of them thought... I don't think anyone thought South Carolina was going to get to a bowl. I will admit I certainly did not see that one coming. Um, now, granted, they did luck out and got to play Florida down the stretch and Florida had basically given up and you know, there's some things like that. But hey, credit to them, they won those games. The point total is 58. I know it's the grad assistant that's starting at quarterback Zed in Nolan. South Carolina, which yeah. is just hilarious. Former grad assistant. Yeah. Um, I'm going with South Carolina to cover the nine and a half. Yeah, I, I don't hate that pick, Charlie. There's something that's been missing with North Carolina all year offensively. I think and Sam Howell might come back. Remember, the winner of, of this game, the coach has to take a mayo bath. Oh, my end. God. And I saw... That way they have to? They agreed that's, to it. Oh, so that's not like in the contract. They no, like I heard... Obligated. I was listening to a show on the way over here, and it said that Mac Brown said... I don't care. Something about if he won a game, he doesn't care if he got hit in the face with a brick or something. I think Shane, he would because he'd die. Shane Beamer was not quite excited about the But he felt he had mayonnaise. to match Mac Brown. He said he would take one, but he There's no way on earth mayonnaise. I would do that. Mayonnaise is the most disgusting condiment right, right. on the face Eating of the it. earth. It's just getting poured on your head. Charlie, if I smell mayonnaise, I start to vomit profusely, well, like projectile vomiting. It's good you're not a college football coach. It's definitely good I'm not a college football coach, and I'm definitely good I'm not doing that. There's no way in hell I would ever do that. All right, so that's your first pick. Uh, do you want to give your second one, or do you want me to go? Oh, yeah, I can go ahead and go. All right, give it. Excuse what you got, me. what you got, what you got? Um, Outback Bowl. Ooh. Oh, your beloved Hogs. Yep. Your beloved Sam Pittman. Arkansas Pittmans. favored by one against Penn State, James Franklin. I just don't think he's got it. I think Arkansas, again, is going to be really motivated to play. They've had an outstanding season, considering it's Sam Pittman's second year. The over-under is 47.5. I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm going with Arkansas to cover. Yeah, Penn State's got a good defense. Arkansas's defense is all right. I think 47.5 is a really low number here. I might want to take the over on that. Can I take the over on that? Can I? Sure. All right, give me – I know we're only supposed to have two of these picks, but give me the over 47.5. I know Penn State doesn't score very easily, but – I like, yeah, I like the over 47 and a half. Bowls tend to go over anyway. So, yeah, give me that. Um, all right, so mine that I have here, I'm going to go to the Music City Bowl. Let's go to your favorite city in America, Nashville, Tennessee, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Aren't you upset that we're not playing in Nashville? You know, it's closer than Miami. Yeah, I'm saying Nashville or Miami, if you had to pick, which one would you go Probably to? Probably Nashville. Oh, yeah, Nashville you're going to walk through the stadium. Sure. Everything's easily walkable. Nashville would be, that's another place I think would be great. I know it's kind of cold and it's an outdoor stadium. That'd be a great location for a big time bowl game, but whatever. It might not be cold up there this week. I mean, shoot, I mean, here's what, 72? I'm going to look that up while you talk about it. Yeah, I'll talk about it. All right, so uh, Purdue versus Tennessee. 
in Nashville. Tennessee is the four and a half point favorite over under set at 63 and a half here. Tennessee is not dealing with really any opt-out issues right now. Hayden Hooker has announced he's coming back. So you can, they kind of get a jolt in the arm there with the starting quarterback announcing he's coming back for another season. On the flip side, Purdue has been dealt a blow with each their best player on both sides of the ball. David Bell, receiver on offense. George Karloft is pass rusher on defense. Both those guys are opting out of this game. This game is also in Tennessee. Tennessee is an explosive offense. Purdue, yeah, they've been the giant killer, you know, I guess, whatever. But and it's also going to be 70 degrees on Thursday in Nashville. In Nashville? That would be, hmm. Man, I'm jealous of that. That's okay. Uh, it's, I mean, it's warm here, but like Nashville is just a way, in my opinion, way more attractive city than Miami. It's going to be blazing Miami. in Miami. I haven't even looked. What 82? Oh, no. Well, I mean, most people love that. Hmm. I don't hate that. I do. You can play all the time when it's cold. I don't want to be... Sweating to death either, though. I mean, 82 is not like sweating to death. Uh, it's hot. It'll be at night, though, I guess. It's hot. But back to the Music City Bowl here. Tennessee is more explosive. Uh, Tennessee is, I think, has the motivation edge in this game. They're more healthy and in whole right now in terms of opt-outs than Purdue is. I think Tennessee's going to win this game by multiple scores. So, Charlie, give me Tennessee to cover the 4.5. And, and, Charlie, lock it up. Give me another. Give me another lock here. I like Tennessee big in the Music City Bowl. All okay. signs point in their direction. You have another one? I do have another one. I'm going to go to another SEC game here. Another SEC Big Ten matchup. Let's go to Florida. Let's go to Orlando. Another one of your favorite cities in America. The Citrus Bowl, Charlie. Did you go to, like, when we played, in, it was forming the Capital, Capital One Bowl. Did you ever go when we played in the Capital One Bowl, yeah, like Stafford's there. year, played Michigan State? Yeah, fun times. You don't like Orlando? No. The concrete jungle that is Orlando, Florida? Well, it's better. I like it's going not for the bad. tennis. Um, yeah, the tennis national championship has been there the past couple years, which is it's fine. It, Orlando is fine. It's not it's not great, but it, it is what it is. But anyway, the Citrus Bowl, two very similar teams here. Uh, run-oriented teams, play good defense, but Kentucky's just better. It's that simple. They're flat out better. If you look at their splits on the year, uh, they are plus 1,100 total yards in their, in their total yards differential, whereas Iowa is minus 400. Yeah, that team that Michigan's getting all this credit for destroying the Big Ten Championship game, and they did beat the holy hell out of them. That Iowa team, guys, is minus 400 yards in their total yards differential this year. That is typically, in a given year, on an average year, that's the equivalent of a team that's like, Five and seven, six and six. Typically, that's the kind of split you see for those kind of teams. They just won a bunch of games early in the year using smoke and mirrors and forcing a lot of turnovers, and then they came back down to earth. And if you look at their uh, points differential, Kentucky is plus 11.2 points per game versus their opponents, whereas Iowa's only plus 4.7. Kentucky is just the better football team. They have been all year. Now, does that always matter in bowl games? Not really. Bowl games are just notoriously hard to predict. We all know that. But again, Iowa smoking mirrors all year, and Michigan finished them in the Big Ten Championship game like fatality style, old like Mortal Kombat fatality style. Iowa simply cannot score. They have no playmakers on offense. They have average town on defense that was relying on turnovers to win football games. And when that dried up, which inevitably it was going to, all of a sudden, yeah, they're not so good. And if you look at Kentucky, they're not like explosive offensively, but the combination of Wandale Robinson, Chris Rodriguez at running back, Cavassier smoke, it's just too much. I like Kentucky to win this game, and I think probably comfortably. So give me Kentucky to cover the three. I want to lock it up, but eh, I'll give you. I already give you a couple locks. We'll just go with. We'll go safe here and just take Kentucky to cover. And I am yet to lock anything. I want to do. I have another pick here. All right, Charlie. I'm, I got one more. 
Can I get one more? Can I get one more? Real quick. I'm not going to give you much of a a breakdown here. Las Vegas Bowl, Wisconsin, minus six and a half. Give me the Badgers to cover the six and a half against Arizona State. Arizona State's top two running backs are out in this game. They struggle to score anyway. Wisconsin's really good in stopping the run anyway. I don't see how Arizona State scores very much. Give me Wisconsin. Give me the Badgers, minus six and a half. Are you done now? I'm done with those games. Well, now let's talk about the playoffs. Obviously, we're going to start with the Cotton Bowl. We all know Cincinnati has been saying they've been underrated all season. They should have been included in the top four earlier in the season. Uh, during this past week, players for Alabama said they've been disrespected all season. I don't understand. What are they uh, even talking about? It's just the rat poison that Saban wants them. They, they try to motivate themselves. Nibbling yeah. on so that they come out with you know a chip on their shoulder. He's a master at it. Yep, he is. Um, Bama's going to cover this one. Lock it up. I just don't have much to say about this. It's Nick Saban in a playoff game. Well, you've been a Cincinnati hater for two years now. Well, but it's also Cincinnati. You don't think they have any chance to give him a scare? Um, maybe early. Hmm. I don't know, Charlie. I, I'd say watch out for Cincinnati in this game. Now, do I really think Cincinnati's going to win the game? I do not. I do not think Cincinnati's going to win this football game. However. I think that there's a good chance the pageantry may overwhelm them. Not being in the situation before. Yep. Old hat for Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, the, the psychological aspect of this is interesting. You don't know how they're going to respond to it. You really don't. But Luke Fickle's a really good football coach, Charlie. I mean, I know you hate Cincinnati. you got to give that guy credit. That dude is a good football coach. And he's going to have mean, his I'll team ready. I probably get it wrong. But no, I mean, you're just, probably going to be right. We're talking about Alabama here. I don't here. really have anything. Yeah, it's just... We're talking about Alabama. You're probably going to be right. But when I look at this matchup, Cincinnati is really good on defense. And I know, Charlie, you hate them. I know people don't want to give them credit because they play in the American Conference. I get that. I think that has to be considered. But they are really good on defense. They have a couple of guys that are going to be playing in the NFL. In the NFL. Sanders, the pass rusher, is going to be playing in the NFL. He's very, very dangerous off the edge. And Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Gardner, is maybe the best cornerback in the country. He's going to be a first-round draft pick almost certainly, uh, if not a top-10 draft pick. This guy hasn't given a touchdown in his entire career. I believe I read that somewhere. In his entire career. Now, yeah, I know it's American Commerce opponents. I get that. But here's the thing. Alabama is down a receiver. They really have only had two receivers all year that have done anything for them. We know it's been Jamison Williams, and we know it's been John Mechie. John Mechie's done. He's out for the season. So all of a sudden, now it's basically just Jamison Williams. And you got a guy like Sauce Gardner, who I don't know if I believe in shutdown corners, but he's a guy that can certainly hold his own against Jamison Williams. And then you can maybe even double him. Who are you scared of? Slade Bolden? Really? Is that who scares you out there? Jaleel Billingsley? Maybe, I guess. But I think Cincinnati defensively can really give this Alabama offense problems. I really believe that they can. I think they can hold the Bama offense relatively in check. The problem for Cincinnati, and the reason I simply cannot go all out on them and pick them to win this game, is I just don't think they're very good on offense. And Bama's defense is elite. They're very good. I just don't think Cincinnati is going to be able to score enough. And while I do believe Cincinnati, that defense can hold Bama relatively in check, I just still believe Bama's going to be able to score more points than Cincinnati will be. And guys, newsflash, that's what games come down to. So I do think Bama wins this football game. I think Cincinnati, though, pushes them more than people are going to give them credit for. So you know what, Charlie? I wish this was like 14. I feel a lot more confident at 14. But give me Cincinnati to cover the 13 and a half. I think Bama's going to win. But give me the Bearcats, or whatever the hell a Bearcat actually is. Give me them to cover the 13 and a half. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right. And for the final bowl game pick that everyone's been waiting for, the Orange Bowl with number three Georgia taking on number two Michigan Wolverines. People have been talking about this matchup for weeks. Georgia's coming off a loss to Bama in the SEC Championship where they were humiliated. And I know the coaches, players, and everyone involved in the program has been channeling that energy, and they plan to use it to their advantage on Friday at 7.30. Uh, This is Michigan's first time in the playoffs, and you know that they've been preparing. Of course. I mean, yeah. You know, the line has fluctuated some with the COVID news last week, but the current line while we're recording this is 7.5. With a point total at 44 and a half. Um, I think that's a good point total. It's pretty spot on. I feel yeah. Yeah, I feel that's a good that's a good number. Vegas got that one right. Uh, I picked Georgia to cover the SEC championship and huh, wrong. Well, so was I, Charlie. You weren't alone in that. Um, I'm going with Michigan to cover. These two teams are very similar. Um, Almost too similar for it to be a blowout. Close, hard-fought battle. That comes down to a play or two here or there. It might be a nail biter. God, I hope not, Charlie. I, I don't, I don't like know if my constitution can like handle it. I don't know if I can handle it. Seventeen twenty-one game. I mean, that sounds probably about right. Curtis is convinced that they're going to score twenty plus points on us. They might. I mean, I, I got. We just have to make. Oh, sure absolutely. We they score they more. totally could. They totally could. You're right. We need one more point, Charlie. We need one more point. All right. So you got Michigan to cover. Can I push you a little bit further? Who wins? Uh, mm. Come on, Charlie. I want to say Georgia, but I just don't know. Take a stand. I, I just don't feel like I... Are you like every other fan in the fan base and just scarred by what happened in Atlanta a couple weeks ago? No, I just don't... I don't know. It's a good matchup. It's a great matchup for both teams, honestly. Like It's a good matchup for us, but we're also a good matchup for Michigan in, in certain ways. Does that make sense? Like they're... Both teams are kind of yeah, built to play each other. Yeah, I feel like Georgia might win because we want to rematch with Bama. But can you be thinking too much about that? I think that they will be able to channel it and stay. So present. you think the loss to Bama, the way that went down, is actually a good thing for us heading into this game? Oh yeah, they're all pissed off. Yeah. Absolutely. As long as they can channel their anger. I just hope that like the negativity that's been in the fan base the past month isn't seeping into the program. Mm-hmm. I hope they've been blocking it out. Kirby's usually pretty good about that. But, you know, with social media, they're going to hear all of that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Charlie. I'm with you. This is a tough one to call. I really don't know what to think with this game. On one hand, we are the more talented team who... I mean, let's just be real, guys. We have been the far more dominant team throughout the course of this season. And that's against a very comparable schedule to what Michigan's played. We're plus 30 in our point differential, plus 2,500 in our total yards differential, whereas Michigan's plus 21.6 points and plus 1750. They're really good. They're an elite team. We've just been better. We've been more dominant. And again, a very comparable strength of schedule. Sagarin has us at 33 and 32 respectively in our strength of schedule. ESPN has our strength of record number three and Michigan number two. So very similar schedules and we've just been more dominant against that schedule. But then on the other hand, as you're saying, Charlie, 
it's hard to shake what we saw three and a half weeks ago in Atlanta. That the seemingly invincible team was made to look human and very flawed. Exposed is the word. Charlie, how many times have you heard that word in the past month? Georgia's been exposed. I, I don't care. Five million times. I recall hearing that word You anymore. haven't heard? Oh, yeah, exactly. So many times, like, I just don't ever want to hear that word again. It's been like five million times in the past month. But the reality is, I think we were, close your ears, Charlie, we were exposed in the sense that we are not built to win that type of game that the SEC championship turned out to be. We don't have an offense, and more specifically, a quarterback that is equipped to go out there and play from behind, put up 40-plus points, throw the ball 40-plus times in a shootout type of game. We are not built to do that. But this is where I think there is a disconnect in the fan base and what people are not really understanding. I think our emotions are kind of clouding this. No, we are not built to win that way, like the game turned out against Alabama. Stetson does not give us the best chance to win in that type of game. But there is still absolutely a formula for success with Stetson Bennett. We've seen it all year long. That's why Todd Munkin doubled down today in his press conference and said, like when he was asked, hey, why is Stetson Bennett starting? He's like, he gives us the best chance to win. Like we think he is the guy that gives us the best chance to win. And Curry's been saying that all year and people just don't want to listen. The key for us is everyone else doing their job around Stetson so that that winning formula stays in effect. The key is not getting in those situations and scenarios like we did in the SEC title game where Stetson becomes a liability and his weaknesses are magnified. We have to play good defense. We have to block up front. We have to play good special teams. We can't turn the ball over. And what you have to ask yourself in this specific game against Michigan in the Orange Bowl is, is Michigan equipped, like Alabama was, to get us out of our comfort zone offensively? Are they built to do to our defense what Alabama did to our defense and force us into a scenario where we got to abandon the run, got to put Stetson in a spot where he's going to put the ball in the air 40 plus times because we're not going to win games if that's the case. And I guess anything is possible. Certainly, we've seen that. We could turn the ball over. We give up you know, special team scores. We could find ourselves behind by multiple scores like we were against Alabama. That's certainly possible. However, I just don't think that's the most likely scenario in this game. The fact is, as good as Michigan is up front, Joe Moore award-winning offensive line for the best offensive line in the country, as good as they are running the football, this is the type of matchup that our defense is built for, far more so than we have been like against a team like Alabama. So combine that with, Charlie, as you were saying, the edge I expect our defense to play with coming out with something to prove after that debacle against Alabama, I just don't think Michigan is going to be able to score to the degree that Alabama did, absent some turnovers, which is possible, but just, you know, let's just not assume it's going to happen. So I don't think they're equipped to score like that and force us out of our offensive comfort zone. And if we can stay in that comfort zone, we are a very good football team. In fact, if we can stay in that comfort zone, we are the best team in the country if we're able to play our game and follow our formula to win. Now, clearly, I have concerns about Stetson Bennett against a good Michigan defense. I'm like you guys. I'm kind of scarred from what I saw a couple weeks ago in the SEC Championship game. It's hard to forget that. And that's why I said in the preview show, I think first and second down efficiency is critical, both offensively and defensively. Both offenses are built in a very similar fashion. Third and long is not a good spot for either offense. We know that. So I think first and second down efficiency is critical. But the cold hard fact is Stetson has not won these types of games. And I think that's what a lot of people kind of get hung up on. But here's what I would say to that. You're right. I can argue with that. Hadn't beaten Alabama. Hasn't won those big games. 
but that doesn't mean he can't do it, all right? It doesn't mean he can't do it. I also think George Pickens plays a lot more of a factor in this game. I know he had the COVID thing, he's back with the team. He's a month more a month further removed from the injury. I think he plays more of a factor in this game. I think we're going to see a lot of 12, 13 personnel in this game to try to take Michigan out of what they do and try to neutralize Aiden Hutchinson to whatever degree that we can. And I think Pickens as the as the single wide receiver in in a 13 personnel set is a guy that can make some plays. And I also really like Todd Monk with a month to scheme, a month to prepare. I do believe in him. I know some people have lost their faith in him after the SEC Championship game. I still like what I've seen from Todd Munkin for two years now. And I think with this time, he will have a good plan to at least somewhat kind of maybe possibly neutralize Aiden Hutchinson to the best degree possible. And Charlie, going back to what you were saying, the, the, the psychological edge here, I love that our defense has spent the past month soaking up the positive rat poison, very similar to what Alabama did at following the Auburn game, heading into the SEC championship game. We are the ones with our backs against the wall now. And I said on the previous show, I was like, you know, we're favored in this game, but it doesn't feel like it. If you listen to all the conversation out there, it just feels like everyone's expecting Michigan to win this football game. And you know, our players are hearing that too. They're feeling those vibes. So I, I'm with you, Charlie. I think the point, I, I think the spread here is too much. I think it's probably gonna be a close game. I hope not, but probably. So I'm gonna take Michigan to cover. However, I'm gonna go on record here and I say that I think the dogs win the game outright. I just don't know if we're gonna cover seven and a half. More like a three to four point win. Which is exactly what I said. Is that what you said? Well, did you actually I said pick 17, Georgia? 17 21. I guess you did. You're right. You're right. You're I right. I mean, I said I want Georgia to win. Well, I mean, I know you want Georgia, Georgia to win, Charlie, but. That's not the I question. I think we will here. because we want Bama. That's what I said. Okay, you're right. You did say it. You did, you did say it. You did. Start the podcast. You're correct. You did say that. But um, all right, Charlie. Any other picks? Anything else you want to add? No, I took my picture so I can keep track of all of this. I, I love that we're still living in 1981. Thank you so much for doing that. And did you take a Polaroid of that? Is that what you took? No, I used my phone. Okay, well, at least you use your phone. Okay, Do you so have a Polaroid? I would love to have a Polaroid of it. <sighs> then I could, weren't they like, like making a comeback at some point and they didn't? I mean, yeah, they have those mini ones now. Yeah, so. I think I've seen somebody with that. Anyway, all right, guys. Well, that's it, Charlie. Again, I appreciate you helping us out with the picks and the mailbag stuff all season long. And I guess it all comes down to these bowl picks. We'll come back. I guess we'll come back after the new year and do just a quick little episode, kind of rehashing who won, who lost, and what we got right, what we got wrong. And maybe you'll be on that. Maybe. Yeah. You can find time for us. Happy New Year to everyone. Yes. Happy New Year. If you're going to the game, have a great time. Be safe. If you're not, also have a great time. Be safe. Enjoy the new year. Charlie won't enjoy the new year because Charlie does not let herself enjoy the new year. I hope to be asleep by midnight. Well, the game's just 7.30. It's not going to happen, but I can dream. You're going to fall asleep in the stadium? I might take a nap at halftime. I've you been known to do that. Almost certainly will. I, I certainly imagine that. Yeah, I, I I fully expect to get a picture of you head down sleeping at halftime. No, I can sleep sitting up and take a little nap. Jesus Christ, you're Which a master. Not off. You're a master. What can we say? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that does it for today here on the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I don't even know, Charlie. I don't even know how to feel about this game. Like, I, I'm I'm so excited, but also I have like this nervous energy in the pit of my stomach where I just like I'm so nervous this game even kick off I just I don't want to lose I want to win so badly Charlie I want to win so badly I just I don't even know I don't even know how to feel about this but it's almost here guys and we will definitely be back next week to recap good or bad what goes down in Miami on Friday but thank you for listening guys for Charlie I'm Tyler and as always go dogs. <laughs>